Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, the strong and powerful Diana Torzuski. Diana, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Diana is a CFP. She is a manager at Human Interest, an org bringing great 401k solutions to small and medium-sized businesses. I'm excited to have you on. Diana, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. So I live in San Francisco currently with my husband. We're newlyweds. We planned to get married in October 2020 in England, but instead we got married over Microsoft Teams in June. So (laughs) just as memorable. (laughs) I moved out to San Francisco about five, six years ago, really wanted to work in fintech. And specifically, I wanted to work at a 401k startup. You know, at the time, I was lucky enough to work at a company that offered a 401k and even offered a 401k match. But most of my friends and family, you know, they didn't have access to a 401k. So I felt that this was the biggest need and opportunity, you know, to work with 401ks, really help Americans save for retirement. And I still feel this way. You know, at the at the time in 2015, There were plenty of direct-to-consumer IRA products, but there weren't really any 401k startups really disrupting the 401k industry. Then when I moved out to San Francisco, I found Human Interest. They were in the summer 2015 Y Combinator class and started communicating with the founders and really excited about what they were doing. So fast forward five years later, I'm currently a product manager and financial planner at Human Interest. So Human Interest offers 401ks for small businesses. We make it easy, effortless for employers to offer a 401k to their employees. And we also make it super easy for employees to participate in their 401k and save for retirement. Nice. What was it that that, that, that attracted you to the retirement planning space? Yeah, again, you know, I think that you know, many, many people, the only way that they are saving for retirement is through an employer sponsored plan. So in order to do that, you know, you really need to work for a company that offers small businesses. And again, talking about my friends and family who didn't have access to 401ks, some of them, you worked at small businesses, some of them worked at larger businesses, and some of them owned, you know, a small business or a startup. And it was pretty difficult to set up a 401k. It's a lot of administrative burden, you know, traditionally, Um, If you're an administrator of a 401k, say you own a small, you know, doctor's office or law firm, you know, you have to be the one entering those deductions into payroll each pay period and, you know, just administrating the plan from from start to finish. So with human interest, you know, we really make it easy for employers to offer 401k, taking that burden away from them, you know, by integrating with payroll. But also, you know, on the flip side of that for employees, I remember when I signed up for my first 401k, it was, you know, had a lot of paperwork. There were probably hundreds of funds to invest in. And I found it overwhelming so much so that I ended up you know, parking a lot of my 
of my retirement savings in cash, unbeknownst to me. Um, so, you know, compare that to human interest where, you know, we make it really easy for employees. We will default them into a recommended portfolio based on their age, time to retirement. And they can also fine tune that by taking a risk ass assessment questionnaire so we can give them, you know, a better portfolio that, again, will be rebalanced on a regular basis and also becomes more conservative as they get closer to retirement. Nice. Appreciate that. I think it's 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 been such a wonderful thing watching everything that financial technology or fintech has done to really, I mean, obviously financial services and, and personal finance is enormous, uh, but that you have companies like yours, like Human Interest, that is now disrupting something that greatly needed disruption, the 401k business, is is a very cool thing. Now, shifting from a very cool thing to a very, very lousy thing, Diana, uh, COVID has had so many terrible um, effects and impacts on on life right now, uh, but I also think that we're going to be seeing and are starting to see really second level or next level in, um, negative impacts. And I know that that's something that that that, that y'all were, were were paying attention to. So really wanted to 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 dig into that. Sure. Yeah. We, you know, we've released a report last week called A New Era of Retirement Savings. We surveyed 1,800 small business employees across the country. You know, these are typically the people that we serve with human interest. And we asked them questions, how they think and feel about retirement and financial wellness. And of course, this survey comes on the backdrop of the pandemic where people have had more financial situations turned upside down. So we, you know, we asked them a bunch of questions. What does financial wellness mean to you? And some clear takeaways from the report are that financial security matters now more than ever, especially on the backdrop of COVID. You know, we also learned from this report that an employer offering a 401k or a retirement plan is the number one reason people start saving for retirement. And that goes back to what I was saying of, you know, people can, of course, without a 401k, save for an IRA, but having a 401k and especially things like auto enroll and just the ease of having you know that deducted automatically from your paycheck really starts a good habit for individuals to save for retirement. And then, you know, from the report, some findings, we we are able to lay out a definition of financial wellness from these participants in the survey. You know, it can be really difficult to define. I'm sure as you've seen throughout the fintech space or even traditional 401k providers, it seems like everyone and anyone is starting some sort of financial wellness uh, you know, platform, you know, to sell to their 401k participants. And of course, you know, that's something that's really important to human interest, but we want to go about it thoughtfully and really understand what is important to participants of a 401k plan. So when it comes to financial wellness, what does it mean? You know, is it only about budgeting? Is it only about saving for retirement? Is it only about how much debt you have? So our survey found that there are five pillars that people use to define financial wellness. And they are one, peace of mind, two, sufficiency, three, resilience, four, independence, and five, prosperity. And if you're interested in reading more about the report, you can check it out at uh, humaninterest.com um, and or you can Google search new era retirement of retirement savings, human interest. Nice. All right. So peace of mind, sufficiency, resiliency, independence and prosperity. Is that right? Yep, exactly. And I think I know what peace of mind means. Um, what is sufficiency referring to? 
Yeah, so that refers to having enough money to cover what you need. So, you know, from day to day, and it does tie into peace of mind, not feeling stressed about money, but the, you know, respondents in the survey really differentiated between having peace of mind, not feeling stressed about money, and then sufficiency, also just making sure that you have enough to cover what you need. And that encompasses, you know, having an emergency fund or just feeling like you're not necessarily living paycheck to paycheck. And that's something that, roughly speaking, half of us are doing. Exactly. I think... You know, I am really passionate about financial planning and financial wellness space, and that's what really makes me excited about you know working at a company like Human Interest, where we have access to so many you know small business employees across the country, where you know saving, no matter how small an amount, just getting in that habit really does make a significant difference. And you know, one thing that I always say when it comes to saving for retirement, obviously, if you have a 401k, you're really lucky if you're a small business employee. But outside of that, you know, even just saving, say, you know, $5 a day or $10 a week towards something can really help you build up your emergency savings account and give you that peace of mind and feeling of sufficiency. So you, you know, down the line, have enough to cover what you need. Yeah, no, I certainly appreciate that. The best time to plant a tree, Diana, was 30 years ago. The next best time is to do that right now. So Exactly, yes, and do not try to time the market. And and, and to not try, try to time the market, right. Uh, resiliency, uh, that seems like it's similar to sufficiency. Yeah, so this is more about, you know, bouncing back when the unexpected happens. So, again, all of these do tie together, you know, sufficiency and peace of mind. So resiliency is you know, having that sufficiency to cover what you need and having that emergency savings fund to really bounce back, you know, when you have to cover an unexpected cost, um, whether that be $50 or a few hundred dollars, but being able to, you know, face the unexpected and and bounce back from that really covers resiliency. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And that's something I've been thinking a lot about, um, and not just from a financial perspective, but certainly from a financial perspective, but also uh, making sure that I'm positioning myself to be successful from a physical standpoint and that my immune system is as strong as possible and that also my mental health and my my, 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 my mental wellness is as strong as possible um, because all of those things are being tested right now throughout COVID for, for everybody. Um in terms of an emergency fund, there's never a correct answer to this question, but what are your thoughts on how much somebody should have or how that should be structured? Yes, you are right that you know it is really you know particular to the individual and their circumstances, but as a rule of thumb, I recommend six to 12 months of, of savings in an emergency fund. And you know it depends on, say, if you are, you know, the, the sole income breadwinner of your family, uh, you know, probably closer to 12 months. If you have other people dependent on you, like a spouse or children or, or your parents, then, you know, you want that to, to go closer to the 12 months. Um, but definitely six to 12 months is a good rule of thumb. And, you know, if you're curious, definitely would recommend talking to a financial planner to get really a finer tune amount for your individual circumstances. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly you can't go wrong if you had twelve months worth of expenses saved up. Th- I mean that that is probably sufficiency, and it's going to give you peace of mind, and it's going to help to make you resilient, and even lead us into independence. Yeah, and I think we've we've found you know over COVID the saving rates have gone up. Um, still, 
Still interesting to find. I'm curious to see what exactly the reasons for that were. You know, there are a lot of hypotheses out there, but I think it's great to see that during these times that saving rates have gone up. And we found that, you know, more employers are offering a 401k, realizing in times like this that um, something like a 401k really is important to their employees. Yeah. So when, when, when people cite independence, what does that mean? Mm. Yes. Yeah, so independence means not relying on others for your financial needs. So that could be, you know, if you're say you're relying on your parents or a spouse or even just debt as well, you know, not being tied down by by debt or feeling that overwhelming feeling that some people can feel with debt and just feeling like you're not relying on others. You are not, you know, tied to paying off this off debt forever and that you can rely on yourself to live a financially well life. Got it. Well, that certainly makes sense. And I've not dug into uh, those those numbers on on some of the generations that are after me. So y- 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 younger folks on the roommate situation are living with parents, but I imagine um, I imagine that there's a lot more of that going on through COVID. So it should be interesting to see. Um, and then prosper the uh, the fifth pillar. Yeah, so prosperity is really about having enough money to cover what you want. This differs, you know, from covering what you need, but you know, have enough money to to really spend money on the things that you want to spend your money on. And that's different from say rent. One of one of uh, my favorite budgeting techniques, I believe this comes from Elizabeth Warren's book in maybe 0708 is a, a quick budgeting hack of 50-20-30. So you spend 50% of your take-home pay on your necessities. So that includes rent or your mortgage or groceries, uh, insurance. Then you spend the next 20% on on savings. So um, put 20% away either to your 401k or to your emergency fund. And then the 30% is for things that you want, like going out to eat, shopping, or vacations. Yeah, I've always enjoyed the 50-20-30. I think it's a... Sort of an easy way to to, to 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 check whether or not I'm positioning myself for long-term financial success because without parameters like that, you just won't have any idea. So, and that being said, it's a little trickier. You said you lived in the Bay Area, Diana, um, to, to, to fit everything into that 50% because the cost of housing is so expensive. Yep, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we... I think the, the rule of thumb is you should spend 28 to 30% of your take-home pay on your mortgage or your rent. So it's definitely difficult living in an area like like San Francisco or the Bay Area. But again, you know, cost of living should hopefully account for that. And it really is when you look at your budget, you know, okay, if I spend, say, $200 less on, on rent each month, that really makes a big impact on your budget month to month. Uh, so yeah, no matter where you live, 28 to 30% of your take-home pay should be the amount the max amount that you're spending on rent or mortgage. And if you can get that even lower, that's great. That means that that amount is going to go towards your short-term or long-term savings, or some of it maybe can go to things that you want to spend money on. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I, I'm, I'm so, uh, I, I, I'm encouraged anytime you hear that, that personal savings rates are going up and personal savings are going up. Um, this can be an opportunity for us to take a big step back and to reflect on what our priorities are and really what's of, of, of greatest importance to us. Um, has COVID had, or just the last 12 months, however we want to describe what's going on, has it had a, um, a, 
a worse effect on certain groups over over others? Definitely. I, I think, what are they calling it? The uh, K-shaped recovery. Uh, you know, some people who are, you know, working more in in office jobs where they're lucky enough to keep their their job throughout this pandemic are, are you know, having their income steady and able to save more, spending less money on, on some of those wants like vacations or, or going out to eat. And then there are those who, you know, lost their jobs and, you know, are unable to save as much as possible. And I think time will tell. Um, I'm I'm anxiously waiting to see what's happening. I think we're in the middle of this, though. Savings rate went up earlier in the year. It looks like they're trending downwards now um, over the last few months. Yeah. K-shaped recovery. I'm not smart enough to figure out why why people are referring it that way. Is that just because one group is going up and one is going down? Yep, exactly. I think there's a group of people who, you know, were able to, you know, lucky enough to have their jobs steady and able to save more, um, spend less on discretionary um, spending and uh, save more as well. So they're doing well. They've been, in, you know, invested in the stock market um, for, for an example. And then there are those who, yeah, they lost their jobs. They've had to, you know, deplete their savings to, to stay afloat um, during this pandemic. Yeah, I got it. So in terms of um, going back to this idea of creating resiliency and sufficiency and peace of mind and independence and then eventually moving towards prosperity, when when people, if if people give you pushback on, well, where where should my emergency fund be? And w- <laughs> let me just tell you what happens to me sometimes is I say you should just have it in a savings account separate from your everyday checking account or some kind of a, a very liquid and safe account. And they say, well, isn't that losing opportunity or aren't I, you know, losing out on the opportunity of investing? How would you respond to that? Hmm. So I'd say it's really about time horizon. When you're making any goal, you know, for your financial plan, there's two things, your risk tolerance and your time horizon. So say for 401ks, you know, we're, we're pretty sure what your time horizon is. We ask, you know, at Human Interest, when are you going to retire? And we defaulted to 67, um, which is the Social Security retirement age today. So based on your age and your time to retirement, there we get a time horizon. So when you're thinking about your emergency savings, that is different from, say, maybe you want to buy a house in five years. Hmm. When you want to buy a house in five years, you know, and there's plenty of robo advice, you know, fintech companies now where you can say, all right, in five years, I want to buy a house that will calculate some sort of you know, time horizon and and risk setting for you to invest that money. So it's not necessarily just sitting in cash. But all in all, the closer you are to that goal, you know, the more conservative you want that money to be and the more you want it to be held in cash. When it comes to an emergency fund, I'd say, you know, not to overcomplicate things, for most people, it is fine. It's just sitting in cash. And that can be a different bank account. Um, for example, I use simple bank account. And now um, I think a lot of banks um, do this, do similar things that simple does. But each day I have goals and I say, OK, take, you know, six dollars every day from my checkings account and put it into this bucket of emergency savings. And then, you know, once I reach a goal of, say, five hundred dollars, I'll move that five hundred dollars to 
to you know my savings account or to a separate bank account that is held in cash. And you know I'm sure over the last year or so everyone's seen you know getting emails from their bank saying, okay, we've dropped the interest rate again, even further again. And you know I think we were lucky a few years ago to have such a, a, a high interest rate on cash. But at the end of the day, it is an emergency savings fund, and it is okay sitting in cash uh, for for most people. I will say though. For me, I actually I use um, I believe it's called Betterment Safety Net, where it is invested in the market a bit, though it is um, heavily conservative compared to, say, something like a 401k or one of your external investment accounts. Got it. Thank you. Well, Diana, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Ah, yes. Uh, my difference making tip, I wanted to make it something that's actionable and, and quick to do. So it would be to go to SSA.gov, the Social Security Administra- Administration website, and create your SSA account. It takes less than five minutes and it's pretty cool. You know, you can see your history of your of your income and a projected calculator of what you will receive for Social Security when you retire. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely it's Come on. Come on. Diana, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Sure. So they can learn more about me on humaninterest.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Diana your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to humaninterest.com. Check out all the great resources that they have. Learn more about the platform. And you can find Diana on LinkedIn. Thanks again, Diana. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.